Well, hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. Uh, I'm here with Chris. Uh, well, I'm Christine. <laughs> I'm here with Nate. <laughs> I'm glad you're here with yourself, Christine. I feel like that's a really valuable way to be. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, I don't have a coffee with me this morning and it's showing. Mm, whoops a daisy. Uh, but so Sung is not here this week. He is in Traverse City with his family. I was just up there. Well, I was in Charlevoix. Yeah. So we were trading you guys out, sent yeah. one up north, got one back. Man, oh man. I will tell you like just a brief window into my life. This was mm. our first family vacation in five years. That's a long time. It is. And we've done like like an overnight, but it's always around some other event. This was the first time that we've literally been like, we're all getting away. We're all just going to like specifically do vacation. And my wow. oldest son stayed behind because he had to work. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we drive four hours up to Charlevoix and um, the farm just fell apart. Not because oh, of him at all, but literally. Oh, yes. And... Oh, you were supposed to stay. I was supposed to be watching the farm. That's right. And we literally had to cancel it because we lost power. A, a tree near the house got struck by lightning. Oh, no. And we have, we got an order of chicks in. So we had like yeah. 80 birds to care for. And that's because two thirds of them died in transit, mm -hmm. which has never happened before. But my poor son like goes to the, po they just come in the post office. I don't know if people know that. Uh, but if you get a lot of them from yeah. a hatchery, they come in the post office and he called me. He's like, dad, there's something really wrong. Like I haven't even oh. opened these boxes and I can tell you. Something is not right. Uh, and so I don't know if they got hung up like in in transit or something, but literally two thirds of them were wow. dead on arrival. So he's trying to keep the other ones alive and we don't have power. If we don't have power, we don't have water because we're on a well and like we got the tree got struck by it was literally and I'm trying to rest. I'm trying to <laughs> relax and I'm yeah. four hours away just like chewing my fingernails off. Uh, Thankfully, my oldest son, Gabe, is super capable and really um sort of just rolls with the punches without mm. much trouble so i was thankful for that but oh my gosh yeah. getting to the point of relaxation took 48 hours before it sort of felt like okay yeah most of the emergencies are passed and uh. like actually and then we then he came up and we had a fantastic oh, he did make it he up did. Oh, yeah so my, my dad agreed to to watch the farm once the, once the power came back on mm -hmm. you know it was like not quite so um, overwhelming. Although my dad also did like watch it for a day or two, keeping the generator running. And wow. so eventually Gabe came up and we actually had a great time. Ah, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got two days of rest <laughs> at least right. out yeah. of that trip. Yeah, it was good. It was actually really good. Yeah. And speaking of rest, that's our topic for yeah. this whole series. Um, we're doing a whole series on rest and we've talked about a lot of different different areas and last week sung uh or not a few weeks ago la sung started us off on um a whole new kind of mini series on rest um, yeah like you you, you tell it because okay. I'm, I'm not yeah. quite sure I'm yeah so uh he he kind of has um he, well he and i talked about what it looks like to have a um, well-rested body. So mm -hmm. that looks mm -hmm. like getting enough sleep, enough exercise, and getting the right nutrients. Okay. Um, so next week, you and I will talk about food. Um, I love food. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the, pie. That's the, the episode I, I've been most looking forward to. I, he, he, he just oh, like made me wait till last. Nice. But. I was thinking it'd be great if we like ate while we did the podcast. Oh my gosh, that would be, <laughs> yes. I mean, not great for listeners, but fun for us. A lot of lip smacking and <laughs> yeah, swallowing. Yeah. yeah, Chewing sounds. Um, yeah, but this week we, so last week Sung and I talked about sleep. Um, okay. 
So he kind of gave a lot of really interesting sleep statistics. And then he was like, wait, you should do another episode with Nate about sleep because I want to hear his perspectives. So okay. I'll give you kind of um, some of the bullet points. And then I'm, I'm curious to hear your experiences and, awesome. and responses. So um, one of the, uh, the most, well, so he, he and I talked about, I think both of us have pretty like solid sleep routines mm. um, and that, that impacts our sleep. But he was talking about some, really startling uh, sleep statistics. Okay. I'm going to totally butcher them, so you'll have to listen to last week's episode um, to hear the real statistics. But it was some crazy high number, like 70 to 80% of people with any sort of mental health um, uh, problems, Struggle. struggles, yeah. uh, report insomnia. Huh. Um, which for me was shocking because I, I kind of mentioned like, oh, I feel like, um, when I'm depressed, I just want to sleep all the time. Mm. Um, but I realize actually I don't want to, I want to sleep all the time, Yeah. but I don't, but you don't, I just am lying in bed for 12 hours, yeah. but I'm only maybe sleeping who knows how much of yeah. that. Um, that, that I just sense. feel tired. So, mm. um, I'm curious if you have a similar experience, if you sleep more, um, um, so I, I would say my mental health is actually in a, I'm thankful it's in a really good place. Um, you know, these days. So, but I'm, so I'm trying to think back to like some of my darkest times. I, I think I probably, uh, yeah, I mean, it depends on how you define insomnia, mm-hmm. but, I, but interrupted sleep was definitely, mm-hmm. definitely a regular part of my life. Um, whether, whether I had a, oftentimes what would happen is I would fall asleep very quickly and then sort of wake up a ton or I would wake up much, much earlier than I wanted to Mm -hmm. and just find it impossible to go back to sleep. Um, so I don't know if insomnia happens that way as well, but, uh, but definitely experience that. The definition is, um, chronic inability to fall asleep or remain asleep for an adequate length of time. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and I, I may have shared this on, on, on the podcast in different, in different, um, seasons, but I would literally like my brain, my body would be so, uh, like t- tensed up, like just so mm-hmm. like in knots, mm-hmm. um, that my, I, my dreams would be trying to make sense of that. You, you know, like mm-hmm. my anxiety level would be so high yeah. that my dream, I call them anxiety dreams where literally everything that can go wrong. It can be any scenario. It would mm-hmm. be like, I'm trying to run a church service or I'm trying to like get something done on the farm or we're trying to like go on a trip and literally every step of the way something goes wrong mm. that then just sort of needs to be freaked out about and fixed or whatever. And so yeah. Yeah, I would just have these dreams where literally everything was like, Oh, we tried to get on the plane mm-hmm. and our luggage is too big. Oh. And then we get our luggage sorted and you know, somebody is sitting in our seats and mm. literally just everything that could yeah. go wrong does go wrong. And that's just, that'd be my brain just like trying to figure out how do I process these physical feelings and emotions and then inevitably you know you wake from that like yeah (laughs) so that was that was my life yeah i feel like it's a good reminder that our body and our brains work cyclically right like it's like okay your brain can create those physical responses but those physical responses can also create the thoughts Mm -hmm. um and so like interrupting it on either side yeah kind of can be effective yeah yeah, in my times of greatest anxiety, I also had this really weird thing where like 
um, my legs, it, it wasn't, I don't know what restless leg syndrome mm. is. I don't know what that is, but like, I know that my legs would feel so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that I would feel the need to either like flex them or like, um, mm-hmm. or like just sort of like move them a little bit. And that would, yeah. that would go on. It's like impossible to sleep when yeah. your legs just, I almost can't physically describe the sensation mm-hmm. because it was so weird. It yeah. was like my legs feel like tensed, even if I'm just laying there and if I could just get them to relax, but I would just like flex my legs like over and over again mm-hmm. to try to sort of like work out whatever was going on. Yeah. That is restless leg syndrome for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it was, for me, it was, it was absolutely stress driven because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really experience it now very much. Yeah. Um, uh, and, but f- it was every night, uh, just every night. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was awful. Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any things that you found like helped you in that season to get better sleep? Um, yes. For me, almost always, if I can tire my body out enough, mm-hmm. well, two things happen. One is that physical activity I always did find to be a great reliever of stress. Yeah. Whether that's extra, like actual, like you know, focused exercise mm-hmm. or whether it was just doing something physical, yeah. you know, on the farm, um, uh, that always helped. If I could wear myself out, that would almost always help me sleep better. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big one. Uh, and then there were, you know, there were other things that I did find to be helpful. Um, because when I was not doing well, food was, and I guess, I don't know if we'll talk about this next week or not, but food was an area that I would Mm. tend to go to just to like try to relieve stress. So if I was able to limit my food intake as I got closer to bedtime, Mm. that would also help Mm -hmm. um, just in terms of like either physical discomfort or just sort of being like, Oh, you know, caffeine at four o'clock is not going to help you go to bed, you know? (laughs) Um, So those were some of the ways that I that I tried to do better, but Mm -hmm. really the primary driver in all of that was like getting mentally Mm -hmm. healthy. And then I really, I didn't really need to do the other things because they were in balance. I feel like that's a good reminder because I think, um, like, well, at least so for me, um, a lot of those things, if I'm mentally healthy and because I'm young, I can have caffeine at any hour and like go to bed and just feel like, Oh, I'm getting good enough. Like I don't, Mm. I, I, my body still like doesn't quite need rest in the same way that it will or does when I'm not, when I'm am depressed. Um, and there are things like, oh yeah, I can eat a midnight snack and then go to bed. Well, not midnight. That would be ridiculous, but like a, like a 10 PM <laughs> snack, which for me is midnight. Midnight for old people, yeah, exactly. 6 PM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like I can eat dinner, you know, when I get home from community group at nine mm. and like go to bed and feel like mm-hmm. I'm probably going to, I'm, I'm going to sleep, right? It's not going to keep me up. Um, but for me, I've started to re- recognize like those habits when I am slipping into depression, then like create little spirals, right? Uh-huh. Or it's like, oh, that it, it's not sustainable. And it's not a pattern that actually even now is giving me good sleep, mm-hmm. right? It's just, I can sleep. Right, right, and right. so I'm going to do it. But like actually recognizing that I can take care of my body, even if I'm like not seeing actively negative side effects has been part of like me going through this series on rest. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I guess even if I'm not like actively uh, struggling as a result, I can still like do good things for yeah. my body. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting to talk about like building in healthy habits before you need them. Yeah. You know, I mean, w- when we were raising our kids, we would always try to say like, for example, 
the time to try to teach your kid to behave in the grocery store is not when you're trying to shop for groceries because mm. it's sort of like you can't, you don't, you, there's actually is something else that you need to be focusing on yeah. and it's not teaching your kid how to behave in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing can be true of like healthy habits. It's yeah. like when you need them, when you're really struggling mentally and you mm-hmm. need habits, that's really not the time to try to build them in. Yeah. So there is, and, and it is, it, I don't know if it's true for everyone, but I know for me, it's been true that the older I've gotten, the less I can sort of get away with Mm -hmm. bad habits and still be okay. Yeah. You know, like I just don't have the sort of the margin that I used to. Yeah. It's one of the, it's like youth being wasted on the young. Like (laughs) (laughs) now that I really need that margin, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, so yeah, but, but working on them now so that you don't, find yourself needing them and at the same time be unable to practice them. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of benefit there. Yeah. So I'm curious now that you are kind of like your mental health is, is, is in a really good place. Do you still struggle with insomnia or struggle to sleep well? Well, I think we've talked about this, but like when you're, if you're married and sharing a bed, Mm -hmm your sleep is not your own. Yeah. Like that is just, that is just the cold, hard reality. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard for me to, well, it's not hard. This is what I'll say. If my wife is gone for an extended period of time, Mm -hmm. the first night or two, I have a really hard time sleeping Mm -hmm. and then I sleep great until she comes back. So like the falling asleep part of it is I actually really like being in a bed Mm -hmm. with someone else staying asleep with someone else in the bed, I, it's real, it's really hard for me. I'm a relatively light sleeper and she is very, very restless. Even when she's sleeping, she's very restless. Mm -hmm. So it's not, my sleep is not my own. Yeah. Um, I do still struggle with sleep, but, um, but not nearly as much as I have, Mm -hmm. you know, and part of it is that if I'm sort of, I mean, like, like we were saying, I actually have built in some margin because mm-hmm. I have enough good nights of sleep that if I have a bad and I'm up at 3am, that's really like, honestly, that's really okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of like, ah, this is all right. Like extra mm-hmm. cup of coffee this morning and we'll sort of like get back in the rhythm. So, um, I do still struggle with it sometimes. Uh, and it is always tied to sort of, um, anxiety triggers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll find myself just like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm aware enough that now I make the connection, but for a long time, it was just like, why did I sleep so poorly last night? And then it's like, oh, because in three days, you know, I have to do this and Mm -hmm. I'm really worried about it. I'm starting to make those connections more. Uh, But most of the time now I feel adequately rested. I don't use an alarm to get up. Mm -hmm. I don't have a specific bedtime. Mm -hmm. I sort of go to bed when I'm tired. I kind of wake up when I'm Mm -hmm. done sleeping. Yeah. And I know, well, I think you said this in past episodes, right? Like you would oscillate between like really like short sleep, long sleep, Mm -hmm. short sleep, long sleep, which is interesting because I like heard recently that it's your 10 day average that matters and not how much sleep you got the prior night. It's like for like a healthy rested lifestyle, it's like how much sleep have you gotten this week? Hmm. So if it's like six hours per night, that's actually worse than four hours one night and eight hours the rest of the week. Oh, um, crazy. Which is just an interesting yeah. thing to think. But then when I think about my weeks, I'm like, that's true. Yeah. The weeks where I'm just sleeping poorly for a whole week versus, you know, great sleep and then two mm-hmm. nights of really mm-hmm. bad sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I'll be, it'll be interesting to think about that. I, 
I don't, uh, I don't really reflect on my, on the 10 day moving yeah. average, but I think that's a good way. That's probably a helpful way to think about it. I mean, yeah. especially for like, there are some people and, and I know uh, my wife, Amy is kind of like this, a, a bad night of sleep is really distressing to her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's probably her 10 day moving average is probably really bad. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it also can be the sense of like the domino effect mm-hmm. of like, Oh, and I'm going to be tired. And then, and then I might, if I fall asleep, like, and I take a nap, then I'm going to have another bad night of sleep yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And if yeah. you can sort of say, well, look, this is one night in 10. Yeah. Let's sort of focus on the other nine. Mm-hmm. And there, there might be some comfort there for people who find insomnia distressing. Yeah. And for me, you know, like I'm in grad school right now. So on Monday nights, I have papers due at 1 a.m. And for mm. me, if I'm up past 11 p.m., I am up till I'm like, that's it. That's, oh, oh, really? That's you night. like, you like catch a second wind and yeah, can't catch, go to sleep. Second wind comes at 11, which is oh, why I have to be yeah. asleep before 11. It's like, it's the, it's oh, the law man. Uh, of my, of my body. It's like your own little gremlin rule. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, and so, uh, when I have papers due, like for me, just knowing like, okay, if I get four hours of sleep, like it's not ideal, but it's fine. Hmm. I, I just need to prioritize sleep this week yeah. um, for the rest, you know, for at least a couple more days this week to to kind of get that 10 day average. So for me, it is it's comforting to know, like it's it's not like stay up late every single night and then like binge on the weekends. Yeah. It's like, OK, you know, a couple nights can fall by the wayside hmm. if if I'm like prioritizing sleep most of the time. One of the things that I've been struggling with around sleep lately uh, is that for me, like May and June mm. are awesome because I need way less sleep because it's light mm. so much of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and what happens as we go from like April to May to June is that I feel myself needing less sleep. Um, and so like getting up earlier as the sun mm-hmm. comes up or whatever. And then when we hit July and the, the nights start getting longer mm-hmm. and I start, uh, I guess I should clarify to say that because I don't have an alarm, I it just sort of like let my body do whatever it's going to yeah. do. And when that means that I'm getting up earlier and earlier, I feel great about myself. <laughs> and then we've hit like July yeah. and I notice that I'm sleeping in later. Mm-hmm. Like what was a five o'clock wake up very without even trying mm-hmm. moved to like five 30 and then to like six. And I'm starting to feel like, Oh crap, I, I'm getting lazy. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's an interesting problem to not, to not, judge myself Mm. for my, (laughs) this is so stupid to not judge myself for my circadian rhythms. No, but I think (laughs) that's like, yeah, because there are those like, whether it's cultural or internal, like those expectations of like being productive means X, Y, and Z. And I think that's different for everyone of like what we were brought up with, where we were raised. I was raised on the West coast where like the workday starts by 8am mm-hmm. cause you know, you're working with people on the yeah. East coast. And yep. so you have to be like, if you're Shifted not earlier, yeah, you yeah. have to be at work by seven or eight or, uh, my godmother was always at work by four oh a.m. Um, because she was working with people who started at, at you know, like seven a.m. on the East Coast, and um, and so for me, I had that so ingrained mm-hmm. in me that like sleeping in until six for a long time was like I'm sleeping so late. Yeah, I need yep. to be at work in an hour. Yeah, you know, totally, like that was just totally. like the mindset, yeah. and I think. Yeah. Having grace for our own, like you said, circadian rhythms, like yeah. the rhythms that God built into our bodies. 
um, can take some of the like mental exhaustion out of the sleep equation. Yeah. I, when I, when I moved to the neighborhood, one of my neighbors, an old farmer in his seventies said, uh, the, just sort of like in passing, but also I realized there's like sort of a community, um, culture of like the harder you work, sort of like the more valuable you are mm-hmm. old farming community, not, not yeah. necessarily surprised, but he said something like I I'm always out, out of the house by seven 30 mm-hmm. and like, you don't realize that that creates an expectation yeah. in your mind of sort of like, if my day hasn't started, if I'm not being productive by seven 30, I'm like falling behind. But yeah. like he said, it, it was one sentence 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. I still think about it. I'm not kidding multiple times a week yeah. as I see seven 30 approach and think to my myself oh my gosh i'm not ready to start my day mm-hmm. like what but man there are just uh it, yes it's important to, to acknowledge the expectations that sort of rattle around in our mm-hmm. brain and be be like sort of um uh just to observe them yeah you know whether you do anything with it or not but at least be observing it so mm-hmm. you're not sort of being driven towards these unhealthy patterns based on nothing yeah. but like an like an unrealized expectation. Yeah. And I think, you know, like there, that can kind of, um, there are like two elements at play. I'm thinking about like this past week, my depression kind of like spiked Mm. a little bit. And I just noticed, uh, I wanted to stay in bed for those 10 to 12 hours. Um, but at the same time, so there are like two messages in my mind, right? Like the first message is like, take care of yourself. Just stay in bed, Uh. right? Like this is what self care means is just don't get up. And then also at the same time, that guilt, right? Of like, no, I should be out of bed because the sun's up. I need to be up. My alarm already went off 45 minutes ago. Um, and I think that can cause like an inner conflict, Mm -hmm. Um, and what I realized is like, neither voice is true. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, yep, that's it's not good. like, oh yeah, self-care doesn't mean staying in bed for 12 hours. That's actually, uh, what I realized was like, that was actually driving my depression mm-hmm. deeper. Um, but also the guilt isn't going to be what gets me out of bed. Right. Like the guilt isn't going to be the, it's not the motivator we need. I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to like harness the guilt and like shame of being I, in bed. I mean, the problem is that those are tremendous motivators. Yeah. It's, that's the hardest part. And it, it, I think it really occurs around sleep a ton. They are yeah. tremendous motivators. Yeah. Guilt and shame will get you to do things that you never thought you could accomplish. Yeah. Oh. But like, that's just not the way no. of the gospel. That's no. not the way of Jesus. No. And, um, and, and especially when it comes to sleep, yeah. like guilt and shame around sleep, <laughs> is it going to help you be a healthier sleeper? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, for me, I, I have found when I'm in that cycle, um, having like a domino effect that gets me out of bed is a lot more effective than like just muscling my way hmm. out of bed or having like, um, that like guilt kind of pushed me up. What, what is what is a domino effect? Um, so for instance, there are like, uh, I've like set up things that are close enough that I can, they're attainable, hmm. but that like slowly, instead of like me just being on my phone for the first two hours that I'm awake or just like being alone with my thoughts in the dark for the first couple hours, I like have a little, uh, a light that's like programmed to turn on hmm. And then I have my notebook instead of out of bed so that I have to get up to get my notebook. I have my notebook right beside me on my bedside table, flipped open to the right page, with the date already written so that it's like, okay, I'm going to start my, my day here with God. Oh. 
And if I can't quite get there, I have my Lectio 365 app open to like the morning so that I can like just push play, start Mm. there, start my day on the right foot. Okay, now I'm like at least out of my own thoughts. Here's my journal. Okay, I've already woken up and picked up a pencil so now I can like sit up. Okay, my bunnies have to be fed so I'll get up and feed my bunnies. And then like that domino effect closes the door on the bed. And just like having those things um, that are reachable and attainable and like necessary. Um, otherwise it's like, okay, I'm just gonna be on my phone until the bunnies have to be fed. Then I'll feed the bunnies and go back to bed. Mm. Um, and it's just really easy to like stay there, but it's, and I, and I think of it as like physical rest or I think of it Mm -hmm. as like sleep, but it's not, it's just me letting my uh, thoughts kind of spiral. Yeah. So for me, those, those little domino effects are really, really helpful. That's so good because you know, it's, you were talking about this, we're talking about this sort of healthy middle mm-hmm. between either being like driven by guilt mm-hmm. to do the right thing, which actually is not the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, or simply, uh, not being purposeful about it at all yeah. and just sort of like sliding into whatever happens happens. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's a really, it's really, it's really comforting to hear all of those practical ways to find this middle ground. Yeah. I don't think that we are as purposeful about, I think in general, I don't think we're as purposeful about sleep as we should be because like we talked about, there often is the message that the less you sleep, the like yeah. the more effective you are, the better you are. It's like a necessary evil mm-hmm. in our lives. And it really physiologically, mentally, like that is not at all how it works. Mm-hmm. It is a crucial, I mean, like I, I might be misquoting this, but I swear people that aren't allowed to sleep, they die. Yeah. Like that literally is what mm-hmm. happens. And so it, it just is far more critical to accomplishing our goals than I think we've been told. Yeah. Or than, than we're often told, you know. Yeah. It's like, that's how your brain regenerates. It's how your body regenerates. It's how calories get turned into energy. Mm. It's, you know, there are so many things that happen while we sleep, um, that are productive. I think for me, sometimes I, like, I do have to put it into that like language of our culture of like sleep is productive because I have to be productive. So it's like almost, Mm. I have to like trick my brain Mm -hmm. to like, accepting and appreciating sleep. And then, you know, once I've like started that mindset, it's easier to like let myself just accept it for what it is, (laughs) which is like a God given gift. Um, but at first sometimes it takes some conscious thinking. Mm -hmm. It does. I tend to be very, um, I, I tend to be very, uh, like I try, I should say, I try, I try to be very proactive about what I allow to happen. Like, Mm in bed. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes if Amy wants to have sort of a long extended conversation, I don't want to have that in bed. Mm -hmm. Like it makes it hard. Like it makes it hard for my brain to sort of like wind down. Yeah. And because she is more of a a night owl than I am. And because she really like for her, she can't sleep until things have been processed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes since I go to bed first, she'll come to bed and then be like, try to like have this conversation. And I'm, I, I think it's part of being married. Like again, the bed is is not my own, you Mm -hmm. know, in some ways my sleep is not my own for good and, and for ill, but Mm -hmm. in a good way, it's like, no, this actually is like a sacrifice that I make for my spouse. But, but then I will just tell her like, Hey, we can have this conversation, but then I'm going to need like no words for Mm -hmm. the rest of the Mm -hmm. night. Like, because what I'm going to have to try to do is let the RPMs of my brain wind down to the point where I can sleep again. Yeah. Um, 
And so, but again, like that just takes, like you have to be aware. It's like yeah. takes a level of consciousness that I think we don't always give to our, to our sleep, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I guess that makes me curious. I know you said that there isn't like a set time mm-hmm. every single evening or every single day, but do you have like routines that frame sleep? Um, so in some ways, yes. Mm. Um, I mean, first, like I'm a morning person, Mm -hmm. so I'm super eager to get out of bed. That has actually never been an issue for me, Mm. uh, except for when like, uh, there was a, there were a couple months where I was like deep, deep seasons of struggle Mm -hmm. where I, I, you know, there was something else going on. But in general, I would say with 90% of my life, when I wake up, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. Like I want to get out of bed. Um, uh, and then part part of what also frames that is that being the first one up means that I, it's like the only s- portions of solitude that I get in my day mm. is if I'm the first one up. Yeah. So that also helps. Sort of like, yeah, man, I get to go be by myself, which yeah. isn't what everybody wants, but it's what I want, yeah. you know. And at, and at night, there's a ton of activity in our house. The kids are watching a movie. They have friends over. You know, there's all this hubbub. Mm-hmm. And so um, the routine at night is often like, I will be socially tired mm-hmm. and I will go to my room again to sort of like be by myself, mm-hmm. which I do need. I can't go straight from like being with people and going straight to sleep. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'll always do because I'm filthy and sweaty every day, <laughs> I take a shower, which mm-hmm. also is sort of like calming and relaxing. Yeah. It's like a nighttime routine. And then I'll go upstairs and like read a book or watch a show. But I usually am really tired within 20 or 30 minutes Mm. of going upstairs. And then I just sort of like fall asleep and Mm -hmm. that's it. That's the magic. Yeah. Um, Do you find a difference between, I'm curious because I I have noticed this myself. Do you notice a difference between like the amount of time it takes for you to get to sleep if you're reading versus if you're watching something? No, Mm. uh, I don't actually, Mm. because again, I'm usually really tired by the end of the day, which helps. I'm being serious. Like working a physical job has been one of the best things Mm. for that aspect of my life because, um, in like on, so on Sundays I, I I'm, I'm very committed to not working on the farm. I feel like that's like a discipline that, that I'm trying to really, mm-hmm. really closely guard both for physical healing. Um, but also because like the drift is so easy mm-hmm. to fall into. There's always something to do, yeah. you know? Um, even if I promise myself I'm doing nothing, there's still things that need to be done, yeah. you know? So, um, so I try to hold those lines very clearly mm-hmm. and it is harder for me to go to sleep on Sunday nights yeah. uh, because I just sort of feel like I haven't physically worn myself out to the point where sleep is going to come yeah. easily. Um, so really most of the time, six days out of seven, it doesn't matter because mm. I'm exhausted, yeah. which is a lovely, I'm t- it is a <laughs> lovely, lovely place for me to be. Mm-hmm. I have no regrets. I love yeah. to hit the bed and just feel like, oh, yeah. Thank goodness. I mm-hmm. just get to lay here, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I do think that that is like, I'm thinking that made me think back to the mission trip where it's like, I was literally sleeping uh, on the floor when I took mm-hmm. the students down to Tennessee. Yeah. Like I didn't have a mat. I was just sleeping oh. in a sleeping bag <laughs> on a classroom <laughs> oh floor, gosh. no carpet. And like, 
the first night I was like, oh my gosh, you can hear 20 people in the room yeah. shifting and shuffling. And yeah. then night two, I heard nothing. You I was just, out. I was just out. And yeah. like the rest of the week, you know, cause you're like, I don't know, like scraping things off the floor and painting walls. And you're just like working ceaseless. And for me, chasing students around, yeah. you know, it's like just constantly physically working. And that's like some of the best sleep I get in my year is mm. on the mission. trip. That is so funny. I mean, it makes sense to <laughs> yeah. me. I mean, yeah. it absolutely makes sense because again, as we've talked about rest, mm -hmm. a missions trip sort of like exhausts you every day in every capacity yes, from yeah. physically to socially to mentally to spiritually yeah know, what i'm missing Crea a couple. It, it's actually usually creatively restful for mm. me mm -hmm. being on a mission trip but that's one of the few areas that uh that i get some rest yeah wow wow <laughs> but uh, I think the rest of the time, what I've learned is I would usually do audiobook or show. And what I learned is actually reading something forces my brain, like it, it like is work. Mm. And so my brain doesn't just go into like rest blank mode, mm. which like I can... Uh, I stay up longer listening to an audiobook or watching a show because my brain doesn't have to work. Oh, but if I'm reading something, it almost like because it's work, I give up faster. Um, whereas like, because it's so easy, I could listen to an audiobook for 30, 40 minutes. I could watch a show for, I could watch multiple episodes of a show. Um, but when I'm reading something, I've just learned like, oh, my brain, like my eyes can only walk, read so many pages Yeah. Um, before my brain's like, nah, it's yeah. bedtime, you mm -hmm. know? So I've just, I, I would, it, I think it's because I get less exhausted during the day mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, I'm not on the brink of sleep by yeah. the time I get into yeah. bed. I, I mean, it, it usually takes me a minimum of three nights to watch a movie yeah. before bed. I, it just does. I mean, I, I can't, I can't physically stay awake for like more than 20 or 30 minutes. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so it doesn't, for me, it doesn't really, mm. it doesn't really impact it. Yeah. Do you, do you have, um, uh, do you have, evening routines in the same way that you have morning routines to sort of shift yourself into wakefulness? Mm, yeah. I, um, I don't have great evening routines right now. Mm. I have in the past, but I think between being in grad school and like, um, this summer also, and I think this is like partly impacts my, my depression is like the summer has been so crazy with just trip, trip, like events, all sorts of engagement, like just all sorts of Congratulations, things. Congratulations, by Thanks. the way. <laughs> um, thank you. You're going to um, get to experience your sleep not being your own I know. Soon too. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to pick so this up. Fun. We'll have to pick this up yeah. next year and say, how have you found it? How's it different? Yeah. Anyways, sorry, go ahead. Um, but I think all of that has like impacted my evening routines. Um, and so I'm like trying to figure out like, yeah, how, how early before sleep do I have to work out in order mm -hmm. to get restful mm -hmm. sleep? Cause for a while I was like trying to work out right before bed, which just like gets your blood pumping. Yeah. Um, or, you know, just those, those different, like, okay, trying to eat dinner at a reasonable time instead of at 9 PM every single mm -hmm. evening or those different, uh, routines that usually my lullabies start playing around. Um, they've had to bump back but, um, Wait I have, you're going to have to clarify. Sorry. So you I play lullabies? I play lullabies for myself on my Alexa app, which Aww. also turns off my light. Okay. Um, so those used to start at nine, but I, you know, don't get back from community group until nine fifteen, or, you know, just different things. So, um, I have an eight fifty alarm that reminds me to be at home by nine and like 
in like a restful state. Mm. Um, so usually nine to 10 is like feeding my rabbits, getting ready for bed, making sure that, um, yeah, like doing my evening devotional. And then by 10, I'm in bed. My lullabies start playing. Um, it always starts with the same song and has for literally five years. It's, um, it's really comforting, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's amazing how those type of habits can be sort of um, eventually self-fulfilling yeah. in a way. Yeah. Where it's like, even though I'm not tired, the lullaby starts and you're like, oh, I used to have a, I used to have an alarm that was like that. Mm-hmm. And I still, when I hear it, it's sort of like, uh, it excites me because the mornings excite me. Yeah. I mean, literally yeah. like I'm like, Oh, it's time to wake up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, this song is, it's all the porn powerless by mm. all sons and daughters mm-hmm. is my lullaby song. Number one. Aww. And so every once in a while it'll play on a Sunday morning and it feels weird. Uh, cause I'm like, Oh, I'm wide awake listening yeah. to this song, you know, cause it just, my brain responds yep. by like getting a little sleepy, mm. um, and a little relaxed. So yeah, 10 PM light, turns off on its own, lullabies start playing, um, and then I wind down. So uh, have you ever noticed that sometimes people who don't need, for example, a daily planner are the ones that use it? That's just, they're so organized that they, are you such a good sleeper that you don't need these routines? Mm, do you understand my question? Or, or did you put them in place because sleep was really difficult for you? It's a good question. Um, I think I had read a study about sleep that said that sleep hygiene was important. And so I put them in place. Mm. I, I, in college did just didn't sleep. That was my move. I was like a a. 3am to 6am sleeper. I was really proud of it. Uh, loved, loved my, uh, midnight out. If, if like it was, uh, exam season, I always took like over a full load of classes. And so it was like, Anytime I needed to, my move was like an affogato, homemade affogato at like 1 a.m. Can, can you tell me what that yeah, is? Yeah, so it's like uh, I would go to the local coffee shop. I'd get three shots of espresso in a cup, okay. take it home, and just add ice cream, which like next week maybe uh, we'll talk about my relationship wow. with ice cream. Um, but uh, so that was like. It's like sugar, caffeine, like the whole yeah, nine yards. That was like my 1 a.m. Uh, routine or it's, yeah. They closed at 11 p.m. So you get the espresso, you take it back for later. Anyway, um, and so I think when I graduated, I just realized like, oh, I need like just a healthier relationship to sleep mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. because um, I don't think I felt like tired. I could fall asleep without difficulty. Um, I just was like, I don't think that this is sustainable for mm-hmm. like as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is the person I want to be um, is someone who just lives off of however much sleep. Um, so I think that combined with like my depression spiking Mm. after I graduated or like my senior year, um, I think it was less so that like I was having trouble sleeping or like I didn't have routines as that I just wanted to, um, get a healthier relationship to sleep. Yeah. Cause what you actually described is you still had routines. Yeah. <laughs> they, you still had a very set routine. It just yeah. wasn't a healthy it one. It just was not a great one or not yeah. a sustainable one. Maybe yeah. not long term. I mean, again, when you're in, when you're in your teens and twenties, like it yeah. actually is sustainable yeah. for, to some degree. But yeah. so hmm. yeah, once, once I, I think like once I turned 21, I was like, I need to start time to start adulting, start adult. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> oh man. You know, the other thing that, um, I went through a season of, uh, which, 
um, which I found really interesting was that there was a period of time where I would have sort of like two chunks of sleep, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like, uh, call it like n- maybe nine, maybe 10 PM to 1 AM or two. And then sort of like, uh, uh be awake for an hour and then like a mm. four hour chunk. Um, that would take me into the morning. And um, my wife and I were both sort of experiencing that. And when we looked into it, I realized like that is not an unnatural way of sleeping. Hmm. Like there was like this, there used to be sort of like this middle of the night wakeful period that was sort of known. Hmm. Um, And again, like just it's sort of has become the modern adaptation that eight hours of uninterrupted sleep is Mm. what you need Yeah. versus sort of finding like a natural rhythm that Mm -hmm. can include a a period of wakefulness in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, It's really interesting because that's the first time I've heard that. Mm. But I remember uh, I went to school in New Mexico, which um, in Albuquerque, which is a a fairly superstitious area of uh, the country in my experience. And so I had multiple friends whose whole families would, yeah, like wake up at 1 a.m. or around midnight or around 3 a.m. But the story was like, if you are in a household who have that middle of the night wakefulness, it's because there's a ghost. And so that was like, yeah, so that was like what they're like, oh yeah, so, you know, like some households get woken by ghosts at midnight. And that's like, whether you were in the church or not, like that was just the story that went with that. But it was like a known fact that it happened, just wasn't considered like part of your circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to hear that like, oh no, that's actually just like part of how the body can work in certain seasons. It really can be. It so. was, for, I mean, and I don't really ever get distressed by being awake in the middle of the night. Yeah. Again, since I sort of crave silence and solitude in general, yeah. I just sort of see it as an opportunity to be like, oh, I get to like be by myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, uh, but I think it was helpful for my wife yeah. who did find it distressing to sort of be like, oh no, this is not, this is not outside the realm of normal, yeah. but, but it is sort of like for her going to sleep is hard. So the the hardest part about it was that like, Oh, then now you have to like go to sleep twice in a night, which mm-hmm. was like, which was distressing to her. Yeah. Um, but for me, I fall asleep. I tend to fall asleep really easily. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I want to make sure I'm not lying to all of our listeners. I just want to like <laughs> do a quick Google search. Yeah. Well you do that. Um, I will, I'm just going to bring up uh, that one of the things that you mentioned is like how um, like the bed is not your own in marriage, Mm. which is interesting because it's kind of different from what Sung said about sleep where he was like, you know, sleep is, is not, uh, not the priority, but like sleep is a priority. And so like, if you need separate beds, that's fine. Or like, if you need to like say, okay, we cuddle until we fall asleep, but then you like roll to your own side, um, and so I think how, how would you say like the balance of that is ask me one more time. Um, so, uh, there's like, you kind of mentioned like the bed is not your own in marriage. Mm-hmm. Sung was saying like sleep is a priority, even if that means separate beds yeah. or se- you know, like rolling to your own side yeah, once, yeah, yeah. once you're asleep. Yeah. How do you balance those? Uh, I don't know that we have a great way of doing it. Yeah. It's more like, it's more like, I feel like it's with any, um, 
area of marriage where you sort of find something that works for you. Yeah. And I think for everybody that's different. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I don't, I, even though I'm not a great sleeper, I'm not very distressed by it. Yeah. I, if I have a bad night of sleep, I don't wake up like, ah, like I, you know, yeah. again, mornings are super easy for me. So, um, I don't really mind, you know, I would much rather in most cases, I would much rather be in bed with my wife mm-hmm. than get consistent sleep. Yeah. Like for me, that's just sort of like a trade off that I'm happy with. Yeah. And she really prefers to be in bed with me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, that's what we've decided, but yeah. that's not because that's right. It just is sort of like what works for us. Yeah. Um, I will say that one thing that we've talked about and I really might need to institute uh, this winter is like separate blankets, mm. like a separate blanket situation because I'm always too hot and she's always too cold. Yeah. And she, she rolls in one direction perpetually. Mm. So like every time she rolls, she pulls the blankets a little bit further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's always, she's always rotating clockwise. Um, so that would be the one thing that I think might actually help because yeah. um, that is, that can be, that can be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> to be totally honest, especially because she needs like a lot of blankets and mm-hmm. she sleeps with a heating pad and all sorts of ways to stay warm. Whereas I don't really need any of that. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. So it's just about finding, <laughs> it's just about finding what works. Yeah. You know, one of the best things we did was we had like a, a like a mattress pad that was, that was like a, like a heating pad mm-hmm. and you could operate the sides independently mm. so she could turn hers on before yeah. bed and like get really toasty and I wouldn't need to, but there's always mm. this ways to creatively solve it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Again, I know I've said this before, but I feel like it's helpful to hear like, it's not like the right way or the wrong way. It's just like ways that work. Yeah. The way. Um, yeah. And I think for, again, for me as like, I'm not married and I'm not, you know, like I haven't tried. So I'm like, what's the right way to do this, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. so it's just helpful to hear that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would be surprised if there were a lot of couples who had like really the exact same needs when it came to sleep. Mm-hmm. I just think it's too individual. It's yeah. too individual per person, yeah, you know, makes sense. For, for it to be like, oh yeah, like we actually, it, this works much better now that we're married. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And did you discover anything? I, I didn't besides yeah. that it's a very like waking up in the middle of the night is like super, super common. But what yeah. I do remember because I tend to remember things visually is that I remember the article that I was reading had like some like medieval like drawings mm-hmm. or something where they actually showed people like in the middle of the night and like one person was by the fire mm-hmm. and like one person was in bed, but like knitting or something and just sort yeah. of saying like, yeah, no, these periods of wakefulness have been pretty common. And yeah. as long as you're not freaking out about them, like they don't, they don't yeah. necessarily need to be fixed. I can see how it could cause issues. If for example, you have a hard wake up time yeah. and suddenly you're getting an hour or two less of sleep every mm-hmm. night than you really need. Uh, but for me, I don't really find them distressing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Man, well, we had a lot to oh, say about sleep, it turns time. out. So, oh my gosh. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. And we can't wait to talk about food next week. Hope you get a good night's sleep yeah. tonight. <laughs>